companies are using CRM system just to report what happened, what visits have been, have been done, what are the basic reports and so on. That's great. What about sales process? What about driving um, the salesperson behavior in the future? What is it that he needs to do in order to close the sale? Welcome to Outside Sales Talk, where we meet with industry experts to learn the strategies and tactics that make them successful. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and I've helped thousands of salespeople all over the world crush their quota. Today, I'll help you crush yours. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today, we have Enrico Nebbia on, and he's going to discuss implementing successful sales operations processes. So Enrico is a sales consultant, speaker, and the founder of Excelia Partners, which is a business consultancy that specialized in sales transformation initiatives. He started his career as a software developer, and after his MBA, transitioned into sales strategy consulting and sales enablement. Enrico now helps B2B companies improve their sales operations, strengthen the sales process, and adopt successful tools and methodologies to improve their sales team's effectiveness. He's also the founder of Execution Pro, a software solution helping to better manage salespeople in companies selling consumables. On the side, Enrico is an adjunct professor in sales and marketing at EADA and TBS business schools in one of my favorite cities in the world, Barcelona, Spain. So uh, welcome to Outside Sales Talk, Enrico. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. So sales operations has played a really important part within organizations for almost 30 years now. However, there's still some confusion about the role and and not really a ton of clear definition of of what it entails exactly. Could you explain what the key responsibilities of sales operations are and why is this function so important? Yeah, sure. I will gladly give you my vision. Um, I will start by answering the second part of the question, why it is so important. And uh, it's important because when effective, it can add between 10 to 15% to your top line. And I think that's relevant to most of us. That's relevant to everybody. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) As to the first part of the question, that's the difficult part. Um, I haven't been able to find a great definition because they usually are too abstract. So when I try to explain it to companies, I'm using an analogy. And I tell them that selling is like motorbike racing. And I'm using specifically this analogy because right now Spanish pilots, and I'm living in Spain, are winning a lot of races in the Grand Prix motorbike category. So they constantly appear in the media, people are familiar with them, and when I use the analogy, they immediately grasp the concept. So you have this, are you familiar with motorbike racing? I am, yeah, sure. You have this great, young, extremely gifted pilot called Mark Marquez. So he's winning, he's leading the championship right now. And so I ask people, do you think that he wins the races because he's extremely talented pilot? And they tell me, yeah, sure, he is. And do you think that he will still be winning all these races if he was driving the slowest motorbike of the pack? Then they think about it a little and they tell me, well, maybe not. So it turns out that this great pilot still needs a good motorbike, a good enough motorbike to win the races. Then I go on and ask them, Okay, do you think that it is Mark Marcus himself that who designs the motorbike? And they say, well, he provides feedback and fine-tunes the bike 
Yeah, but is he the one to design the engine or is he the one who tested the motorbike, the aerodynamics? Well, not really. So it's the engineers who do that. Uh, okay, so it turns out that Marcus needs a motorbike designed and built by someone else in order to succeed. So the analogy is, is the following. The sales force and sales management are like Mark Marcus. They do drive the bike, but they don't design it. And what sales operations does is providing the best possible motorbike to the sales force uh, for them to win the race. So salespeople and sales managers need to spend their time in the field with customers and close sales. And sales operations gives sales reps and sales managers the tools, the information, the processes, the methodologies, the training, the reports, the collaterals, and all type of support that they need to succeed in the field. So that's what we do in sales operation. We provide the best possible motorbike to sales, uh, to sales people. And I think there are two confusing parts. One is that sales operations, when it exists as a function, carries out different tasks and has a different role in each and every company. So it's difficult to find a, a definition that fits all situations. And the second confusing part is that traditionally, and that's still the case in many smaller companies, uh, it is the sales organization itself that carries out many of these tasks or, or directs them. So it's not a different function. Um, so why do we need some other team called sales operations? Well, because the sales organization and the sales manager doesn't have the time to do all these tasks. And often they don't have the skills either to do it. Mm -hmm. So um, right now it requires IT skills and they don't have them. It requires lots of uh, process mindset and sometimes they don't have it. And actually there was a, an interesting study a couple of years ago published in the Journal of Sa International Journal of Sales Transformation and they, they asked uh, sales managers, could you please rate between one to 10 how comfortable you feel in your role with respect to different criteria such as uh, teamwork, uh, leadership, uh, sales instinct and that kind of stuff. And uh, there were a dozen skills being, being tested. And interesting, interestingly, uh, planning an organization, which, is, which relies on processes and tools, ranked as the second least favored skill. So it means that many sales managers do not feel that comfortable uh, with res uh, respect to planning an organization. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that makes a ton of sense to me. I mean... Um, you know, I've, I've got a sales background obviously, and that's, I've always felt like I'm not in the best position to, for example, evaluate different CRM systems and then deploy them to the team and, and, you know, figure that all out. That's just not, it, it's, it's not a skill set that I have for, for certain. And it's not a skill set that many sales managers have. It's a different job at the end yeah. of the day. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's why it's helpful to have specialized people come in and take that part of the take responsibility for that part of the business. Mm -hmm. And it makes perfect sense to me. And you, so you've worked with a ton of companies to improve their sales operations and, and boost sales performance. What would you say the keys are to implementing a successful sales operations strategy? Where should 
where should sales leaders get started and, and what are your best tips to develop structured processes? Okay, well, um, implementing a sales operation strategy at the end of the day is a change initiative. And as all change initiatives, it requires management buy-in and support. So from top management and from the sales manager. So I've seen uh, sales operations efforts fail because the sales manager simply didn't get it. So it was not a process-oriented guy, didn't support the whole effort. And after the project ended, well, it went all down. Uh, then you need very clear responsibilities. What is the sales operations team supposed to be doing? How are they going to work with the sales organization? You need to have resources, to dedicate resources, investment, and have a reasonable plan for the project. I mean, sometimes, as soon as salespeople uh, understand that they have a dedicated team operation, um, sales operations team, they start asking new features, new things, and so on. And it just collapses the team, saturates them, and nothing gets done. Uh, and then they need to be as close to the sales function as possible. So whatever they end up producing needs to be used and used well by salespeople. So it needs to be easy to use. It needs to be clearly useful. Otherwise, you will have huge adoption problems. And it needs to help quickly produce visible results. So always go for quick wins. We constantly need to have quick wins. So whenever I see some big change or, uh, with a long-term goal, well, that's great, but uh, go for some quick wins. And uh, so it's, it's, I think it's kind of difficult. You need to strike a balance between simplicity of what you're providing and usefulness. Uh, so, for example, one, in, in one company, we, we produced a process that created so many tasks for salespeople that they felt overwhelmed and stopped looking at them. So mm. it was not simple. It might have been useful, but not simple. It didn't work. Well, that's really interesting. What, uh, what advice would you say you have for sales leaders, sales operations leaders, to successfully manage their sales operations team and and manage deployments of new software? Well, I guess that's kind of two questions. So for, you've seen people do it wrong. How, what, 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 uh, what advice would you have for sales operations team to do it right when they deploy new processes, new software, new technology, anything at all? Well, I've very clearly defined goals. Uh, and often uh, in sales operations, we don't have very clear goals. So we have these guys that are out uh, to help us and we have a lot of expectations, maybe too many, we saturate them. And when it, term, it comes to, you mentioned software, when it comes to tools, I mean, something very interesting uh, comes into play. So uh, when you talk to, well, when you're talking to software vendors, for example, you always get the feeling that uh, basically it looks like that just by buying their software, sales are gonna double overnight by miracle and by magic. That's mm -hmm. not the case. So you need first to look at processes and people and then at tools. So in my view, tools come last. So they need to implement the right processes and people must be on board and capable of using the process first and then the tool. So the tool is just a facilitator, something that makes the process easier and smoother. But the process comes first. The tool comes second. 
whenever you try to invert the order, I think bad things happen. So people are not on board, they're not using it the way they're supposed to be using it, and you have wasted a lot of time and money. Mm -hmm. So that would be one of my recommendations. And the other thing is have them as close to the sales function as possible. So uh, have them go out with salespeople, have them spend time with sales managers, for example, in, uh, in planning and review sessions. So when you're, uh, you act as a, a sales transformation guy and you're uh, taking part in a meeting between a sales manager and a salesperson, then they're talking about specific situations happening in specific customers, your mind is racing to, and you're imagining solutions for everything that can be improved in the process, in the information that these guys are having, and uh, new things that you can bring to the table to answer business questions that they can't answer right now. So when you are very close to the field, you get all this input that helps you understand the real needs and the obstacles to be overcome by your function. Yeah, that, that makes a tremendous amount of sense to me. I think often sales operations people's background is not sales, but it's some kind of IT or business background, um, but not necessarily a sales background. And I've run into situations in the past, and obviously, you know, my my whole career has been selling software, and you know, working with working at some software companies. So I've deployed a lot of software, or been a, been a part of that. Um, and you can really tell when you're dealing with it. some. Sometimes you'll run into a sales operations person who isn't close to what the problems are in the field. It hasn't, you know, been in a tunnel, ton of ride-alongs and don't really know what the challenges are the people that are in the field face because it wasn't their job beforehand, which makes sense because, um, you know, probably sales probably isn't the best background for sales operations. I would guess is probably because you have to understand the pro it's more, more of an IT and business and, you know, investment decision-making and process or type oriented role. Um, Right. I, I've, I've seen a ton of times where they don't really understand that, that what's going on in the field. And I think a, a key piece of advice I would have for anyone in, in operations or sales operations or anyone leading a team is to encourage your sales operations people to get out in the field, do ride-alongs with people, help, see them using the tools, see, see, what their, see what their processes are like. If you're not in the passenger seat of a car with going along on sales calls, going along in the field, you're not really going to understand what the problems that your particular reps are facing, what their challenges are. I totally agree with, with you. And, and uh, you pointed out a, a very common issue I'm, I'm finding is many people in uh, sales operations come from IT. Mm -hmm. and why is that? Because, well, I think to be successful in this role, you need to have a process mindset. Mm -hmm. need to, it helps to be analytical. And uh, when companies are, are uh, trying to, to find among their people the, the right People to put in IT to say hey, to put in sales transformation to say hey the IT guy it, it has to deal they have to deal with tools IT tools IT guy the problem is often IT guys don't get sales a it's, level of flexibility that the IT guys are not accustomed to mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I really think that it's it would be ideal to have some direct sales experience or to or to shadow sales people for example for a while. Mm -hmm. If you don't have that experience, you won't have the sensitivity to, to understand the problems and to yeah. provide reasonable solutions. So you will 
create very complex and structured solutions that are not applicable in the field. Yeah, some of the best sales operations people I've worked with that, you know, customers of, of, of uh, my companies, the, they have definitely, you hear them talk all the time about the time they're spending in the, in the field. They're de- when they deploy a piece of software, they're in the field with the reps that are using it. When they, they, they are regularly doing ride-alongs and, I, and, and that's doing trainings. That, you know, actually, that's, that's a pattern I've seen. The best ones are half sales operations and half sales trainer. Um, and probably half IT person, but that's too many halves, but you give it a, <laughs> that, that's a part of the job. You have to be a superhero. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, the, but that I've, I've, because a part of their job is actually training and deploying, it has forced them to be in the field and that made them better at sales operations. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm thinking specifically of this one woman, um, at L'Oreal who's a customer of Badger's and, and she, uh, She's just a fantastic sales operations person, and she's. But her title was actually had something to do with sales training. It was like VP of of sales training or something, and that's why she was so great at sales operations because she was so deeply involved with training the salespeople, doing ride-alongs, doing deployments of the tools that she was pushing into the field, and that made her really a successful sales operations person. Yeah. Also, having a training background is very useful. At the end, uh, you have to provoke a change make it sustainable so you have to communicate explain and train people mm-hmm. otherwise there's no change in the field so yes you're right i mean if you also have a background in training that's very helpful well let's talk let's talk a bit about this what what are some of the specific skills that are required to be successful in sales operations if i'm a vp of sales hiring a sales operations person or looking for who i should have run run the sales operations role on my team, what are the specific skills and attributes that I should be looking for? Well, a process mindset, uh, analytical mindset as well. They, they often go together. You need to be also service oriented. You have internal customers that you need to understand and serve, and they're not easy customers. And then an interest in and an understanding of the sales function. So I think these are, are the key, the key, um, aspects and a good communicator as you said i mean trainers are good communicators that's part of their job mm-hmm. but if you put all these qualities together first of all you don't find that many people with those qualities <laughs> right but that a great profile for our sales operations mm-hmm. and then one thing is you know the, the top the management of sales operations and then there are so many skills that are required that of course you need to have uh, probably it guys or a guys with a diverse set of skills. So tell me, what do you think some of the biggest challenges are for sales operations leaders today and how can they overcome them? I think, in my my experience, I think it's proving that they bring actual value to the table. To me, that's an evidence. I mean, they're bringing value. But in many cases, uh, since they don't have, or they don't bring in revenue directly, they are sometimes seen as nice to have, but not really necessary back office support function. And so they seem more of a cost center than a revenue center, and which means that they sometimes have trouble getting all the resources they need to do a proper job. Mm-hmm. Also, once you deploy all these tools, processes, methodologies, and trainings, uh, in the launch phase, there's a lot of excitement and there's 
project that is dedicated to it, but once the launch phase is gone, you have to maintain that. And business is constantly changing. There are new requirements, the market changes, and the company is entering new markets, new, new areas that require changes to the current infrastructure. And it absorbs a lot of time and energy, and that sometimes prevents the team to move forward to new areas. But if you're able to justify with numbers your contribution to the top line, then which is a constant internal sale for itself to management, then this will give you the resources you need. What are some tools that you would recommend sales operations managers check out? What what do you for if you were uh, if you were managing a field or an outside sales team, sales operations, what would be some things that you would want to make sure you were evaluating some areas. Look, I, I know there are super fancy tools out there. And when I, I always my when I look at the MarTech uh, analysis of IT tools that support marketing and sales, I think the latest one, there were more than 5,000 tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the view from Silicon Valley. If you come to Spain, then you have many local manufacturers of tools. Mm-hmm. But my recommendation is know that chart and get back to your CRM system and get the most out of it. Because in my experience, this is the most underutilized tool in a company today. Uh, Sometimes companies do not have the right CRM system. For example, a company I was talking to last month, they they showed me a great CRM system, great for outside salespeople who are visiting 15 bakeries per day, for example. Great tool. But the problem is they're not selling that way. I mean, they maybe visit on average one customer per week. Mm. So great tool, but it's not suited to their specific needs. Right. Um, and then, and then there are so many different things that many companies are using CRM system just to report what happened, what visits have been have been done, what are the visit reports, and so on. Okay, that's great. What about sales process? What about driving um, the salesperson behavior in the future? What is it that he needs to do in order to close the sale? So there are all levels of usage of CRMs that are not being used. So I would say go back to the CRM and find ways to improve the way it's being used because there are so many ways to do that. And the second thing for companies that sell consumables, uh, we have pretty much the same situations with business intelligence software. That is a super useful tool uh, because you have to manage your customer base. And it's, I also find that it's underutilized. So you don't need to, to go and get the fancier uh, tools out there. With the, this CRM and BI tools you, are, you already have, make the most out of them. So, um... You've developed a sales team management methodology that has proven to be very successful, especially in the industrial sector. Can you explain this methodology a bit and and tell us about what makes it so powerful? Yeah, sure. Um, So here's the story. We have companies selling consumables. that can be building materials, electric materials, chemical products, food and beverages. For example, they're selling them to restaurants. And there are so many sectors that work in this way. So in, in, when you're selling consumables, usually uh, you have this order of priority in your sales objectives. First, don't lose sales. 
Mm -hmm. Second, have your current customers buy more. More of what? Uh, more of the same product they're already buying or more diverse products that will be cross-selling, more expensive products that will be upselling, for example. And third, and only third, acquire new customers. So in these sectors, at least in Spain, um, sales reps are in charge of at least 150 accounts each. And they have to manage product catalogs of thousands of references. So if you're working, for example, for a distributor, then it's really maybe tens of thousands of references. Mm -hmm. So when you have hundreds of customers to manage and thousands of references to sell, understanding what is happening and what needs to be done is not that easy. So the probability that your sales reps end up talking to the wrong customer about the wrong product at the wrong time is pretty high. Mm -hmm. So we had to develop a system that helped sales reps and sales managers easily identify what customers to talk to about what products and when. And then to make sure that whatever they chose to do was actually done, because this is another issue. One thing is planning, but then you need to make sure that whatever plan has been, been carried out. And this was basically accomplished by leveraging special sales, on top of using the CRM, of course, but leveraging special sales analysis and by implementing a, a very rigorous planning and follow-up methodology based on those analyses. And it was powerful and worked very well. We, we, we obtained a plus 15% uh, sales uh, because it helped sales reps focus on the most relevant or the most urgent problems and opportunities. So it's usually very easy to detect problems. It's not that easy to detect opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I really think that focusing in those businesses is probably the most important thing. And second, because it fosters a culture of personal accountability. Uh, and that's the power of, of a follow-up process. Really stress the importance of following up on whatever plan had been decided. Mm -hmm. so I remember the case, for example, of some salespeople, not, well, we, we had agreed to do some customer calls and they hadn't done it. And because of that, we ended up losing relevant sales. And, and so sometimes well, when you're an outside salesperson, you have lots of pressures. Uh, I've been with salespeople uh, next to the passenger seat and we had a plan for the day and then a call comes in we need to send a, a, an urgent budget and the whole plan was was abandoned we mm -hmm. had to change it reschedule and so on and so on so there's a lot of day-to-day -day activity going on so that's why it's so important to plan and follow up that makes a ton of sense to me what what are some best practices in sales operations that you've seen to be the most successful i would say having well-defined sales processing methodologies not only well-defined they need to be well understood and widely used. If they're not understood, they're not used, and if they're not used, they're not useful at all. Mm -hmm. And second, uh, to me, it's super important, the planning, review, and coaching sessions, and how you do them. So that there was, uh, years ago again, in the International Journals of Sales Transformation, there was another study that was very interesting. Um, they interviewed sales people and asked them whether they were receiving any type of coaching and 33%, one third of them declared that they were not. Hmm. And those who were who declared that they, yes, they, they were receiving uh, coaching, 
half of them said that they were not getting enough of it. So that's another third of the safe people uh, population. And, and then I have serious doubts about the quality of coaching that the final third was receiving. Mm-hmm. So that many companies are undervaluing this. And by coaching, I mean the, well, in some companies you call them review and planning sessions and other companies are coaching sessions. But basically the, the systematic process of the, in which the field sales manager sits down with the salesperson and they do a comprehensive review of the, the, the situation of the salesperson and they decide what to do next. I think many companies are not doing it as well as they should. And they're losing quite a lot of sales because of that. Yeah, I agree. If a company doesn't have a sales operations function, how do they know it's the right time to create one? <sighs> okay, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, well, and I, I run into no, this all. The, I, I see this all the time. I see, you know, companies that have ten salespeople and a sales manager and an IT person, and there's clearly not a sales operations person. But like, you know, maybe this person on the sales team is enjoys, you know, is interested in tools and and uh, kind of processes, or maybe the sales manager is taking over that role, or and then the IT person gets asked to implement it. Like, it, it what? Obviously, it wouldn't be your, if you had two salespeople, you wouldn't have a sales operations person. But when does it come into play? When is the right time? Well, I think that when it becomes clear that your sales manager has reached their limits and, and she's about to get overwhelmed, for example, or as soon as you realize that maybe your sales manager is not very process oriented. Mm-hmm. So, in that case, you might end up, chances are that the process and tool side has been left unattended and it has started to become a drag on your growth. For example, I, I recall the case of a, a company selling chemical products and they were complaining that they were constantly, uh, they were growing, but not as much as the market. So if the market was growing 5%, they would grow 1%. If the market was growing 10%, they would grow 2%. And they were not understanding why, because their products were they were widely accepted in the market. They were well-known, so there was no apparent reason. And the reason was that they had neglected to work on, on the way salespeople were working. So they had neglected processes, both the sales process and the sales management process. They neglected the tools. And by just fixing those parts, they were able not only to catch up, but to um, grow more than the market. This is another moment when when you might want to get someone uh, else involved or create this function. Now, the problem is, as you said, if you only have two people, how do you fit in a sales operation function? You probably don't have the resources to do that. And I think this is one of the trends that I see many, you know, in Spain is, is quite a smaller market than, than the US, so we have not that many big companies. And now the, the, the need for sales operation is, is coming down to smaller companies that find out that they don't have the resources to afford internally this function. So probably we will go towards a model where maybe parts of these tasks are carried out by some outsourced party. Um, Because that will be the only way for these smaller companies to afford uh, such such functions or uh, Mm -hmm. be able to carry out some of these tasks. So I guess the, the, the way I would think about this, um, if I were you know, running a sales team or running a company, is 
you look at the number of salespeople you have and, and you look to make another hire, uh, another salesperson hire, if, if you could spend that money instead on a sales operations person and that sales operations person would make all your sales reps that much more effective and efficient, that it would pay for more than the additional sales rep would bring you in in terms of revenue, then, uh, then it's time to get a sales operations role specifically. So for example, if you had a hundred sales reps on your team and no one in sales operations, and you believed that having a sales operations manager to manage the processes and think about what tools and deploy those tools to the, to, to the team, if you thought that that sales operations person would make every rep on average 1% better, then right. it, would be, it would be break even to get the sales operations person or the, or the additional salesperson. But if, if it was going to, if you believe that it would make them everyone 2% better, then all of a sudden it's a no brainer to get the sales operations person instead of the additional salesperson. So that's, that's one thing I, one way I would think about it, one metric or, you know, that I would think about here at one heuristic. Um, another heuristic I would use is if you think that a full-time sales operations person would cost, wouldn't pay for itself and you'd rather have the additional salesperson, someone's still doing sales operations at your organization. So either you're comfortable with someone on your IT team doing it or someone on your sales management team doing it, or even one of the salespeople, I've seen that, is effectively acting as the sales operations person if you don't think that's going to work well, or you think it's going to take away from their existing role too much, then you can look to bring in someone from the outside. And, and that's, that's a great time if you are in that situation to bring someone to the outside, or maybe you bring some, another time to bring someone in from the outside would be if you had a big project and you wanted some help on it and your existing sales operations team wasn't going to have the bandwidth or didn't have the expertise to do so. I mean, uh, I think this is the very reason why uh, sales operations exist in bigger companies. And smaller companies have a hard time creating this function internally because they always have this doubt, uh, will it justify, uh, will the added revenue justify uh, the extra cost? Because at the end of the day, this is a, someone who's not going to sell. Mm-hmm. So not going to generate revenue directly. But then I think there are uh, some solutions. So first of all, uh, well, you can maybe bring in a consultant to help you redefine your processes, sales processing. And this will, uh, will cost you something for a limited time. Part of these tasks have always been carried out somehow in the company. So I remember, for example, sales managers asking the accounting department to generate special sales reports. They will simply not do it as efficiently and effectively as uh, someone dedicated and expert in it will do it, but they will survive. But uh, I think as soon as you reach maybe 25, 30, 40 people, it might be worth having someone dedicated to this, to this function. But then yeah. it, it depends so much on the company, the industry. Is it a high margin sector? Then maybe the, the limit is lower. Is it a distributor who has a minimal uh, margin? Then, well, you need uh, to have a bigger sales force. It's and then it depends on what your goals are again, uh, what you expect from it, what is the tasks that you're gonna give to this function. What do you think is the best way for sales operations leaders to stay up to date on trends and new developments in the field of sales operations? Well, I think we are lucky enough to live in a time where information is so easily accessible. There are tons of well, podcasts like yours, for example. 
uh, articles, blogs, uh, magazines or books. For example, this summer I've been reading Sales Enablement and it's been an interesting read. Um, so this is, I mean, information is out there. You just need to want to, to, to look for it. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, and then there, of course, there are vendors, vendors uh, or consultants, uh, vendors of services or vendors of tools. Uh, in that case, you need to talk to a lot of them and don't take any commitments because they all have their vested interests, of course. As I was telling you before, I mean, software vendors make you believe that overnight you're going to double your sales just by buying a, pro a software. Uh, mm -hmm. But there are many opportunities to get get involved, uh, to to, have, to get information. Just look for them. So as a final takeaway, what should the salespeople listening today do as a first step to implement a successful sales operations process within their organization? I will go back to the CRM system and think about all the possibilities to get more value out of it. And more specifically, start by looking at the sales process and how well it is reflected in the, in, in the CRM. And I'm sure if you do that, and you, you will find many ways to, to improve it. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Well, I'm going to try to give a, a minute or two summary of the concepts that we've covered today. So first of all, the sales operations role is to give sales reps and managers the information, the tools, the methodologies, the training, and all the other support they need to succeed in the field. When it's done right, Sales operations has a huge impact on your bottom line. It requires a very process-oriented and analytical mindset, which is a different skill than what sales managers probably have, and your sales manager might not be your best sales operations person and vice versa. This is why it's important to have a separate role in your organization to improve sales processes and focus on sales operations. Implementing a sales operations process is a change initiative that requires clear responsibilities, support from management, and resources. What you're looking to develop needs to be easy to use and useful to the salespeople, and it needs to produce quickly visible results. Keep in mind that the process comes first, and the tools come second, and the tools support the process. You need to spend a lot of time with salespeople and managers to understand what the real challenges and the real problems are. With that information, you can provide the right solutions for them to help work more efficiently. Besides being process-oriented and having analytical skills, sales operations executives also need to have a deep understanding of the sales functions and have a service mindset as they have internal and external customers. There are so many tools out there, but the most underused one is the CRM. Keep it simple and focus on making the most out of your CRM. Don't just record past interactions, but also use it to build sales processes and give your sales reps next steps to close the sale, such as when do you follow up, with which prospect, with what message. Through planning and establishing a clear follow-up process for the sales team is crucial if you want to drive great results. Your processes and methodologies need to be well-defined and widely used in order to be successful. If you don't have a sales operations function yet, start with the simple things. Things like helping improve the way the salespeople work and giving them the right tools that will make them more efficient. Podcasts, articles, magazines, books, and blogs are all great resources that can help you stay on top of your industry and improve your skills and learn more about sales operations. 
to get started today, go back to your CRM and think about all the possibilities it provides and whether you're truly leveraging all of them. Identify what other areas you can improve with the help of your CRM. So tell me, Enrico, where can listeners read more about your work and where can they reach out to you? Well, they can uh, reach out on LinkedIn and they can look my company up at exilia.com. That's E-K-S-E-L-I-A.com. Most, if not all of the material is in Spanish though. <laughs> well, yo hablo español y puedo leer también. I said I, I can speak Spanish, Fantastic. read it as well. But, but I will say that my, uh, my ability to use Google Translate on Spanish is even better than my ability to read in Spanish. So <laughs> very helpful. There you go. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed this episode of Outside Sales Talk. If you have any feedback or suggestions, feel free to reach out to us at feedback at outsidesalestalk.com. If you like the podcast, please subscribe to it and leave us a review. It really helps spread the word and get more outside sales people just like you to find out about this resource. Thanks again, Enrico, and take care until next week. Thanks to you. Bye to everybody. Bye.